Hello and welcome to another episode of the High Light Language Podcast. I'm your host, Jeremy Hill, and we are here once again, my friend, to get it clear. Every day we wake up, we just get it clearer and clearer and clearer, allowing all the divine consciousness to come through us. And then here's a nice platform for all of us to have like-minded conversations, high vibing conversations and take ourselves into the great unknown and uplift the global consciousness. So I am welcoming on Thaddeus Owen today. Thaddeus is absolutely beyond this realm. Guy has so many high vibes coming from him that I like had to connect with this guy in Florida at the Florida Pyramid Retreat I recently went on. I got around this guy's encapsulated biofield and was just like, oh my gosh, here we go. There are people out there promoting the type of consciousness that's going to take us into more ease and grace in this place. So here we go. Before I get into more about Thaddeus, we are going to do our three stabilizing breaths. So these three stabilizing breaths, we're going to do three of them. We're going to take a deep inhale. We're going to hold for a six count and then we're going to let it go with vibration. So let it out with an ohm, let it out with a yell, make it higher, make it lower, whatever you feel, let it reveal. So these three stabilizing breaths, we will begin them in three, two, one. Inhale, hold, let it go. (sighs) Inhale, hold, let it go. (sighs) Inhale, last one, hold. Let it go. Love it. Love the three stabilizing breaths. Again, to connect us all, allow all of this information to divinely serve you for your highest good. So Thaddeus Owen, oh man, wait till we get into this, everyone. All my listeners, you are in for a treat because Thaddeus Owen is, again, he is shining and glowing. This guy is amazing. I am so pumped to go through this, but a little bio on Thaddeus. Thaddeus healed his own anxiety, lowered his blood pressure, and fixed his sleeplessness with biohacking, primal hacking, and Qigong. He spends his free time experimenting on himself in hopes of helping others on their journey. He studies nature, sunshine, and EMF, and educates others on how to become optimally healthy using light and avoiding EMF. Thaddeus has studied martial arts for over 40 years and learned Qigong from Master Bing of Wudong Mountain. Thaddeus holds a personal training certification, nutrition certification, master's degree in holistic nutrition, and BS in chemical engineering. He also teaches other how, others how to upgrade their biology through an online platform known as Primal Hacker. So Thaddeus Owen, just reading that makes me like quantumly think of all this sheer greatness that is going to come out of this being. So again, listeners, you are in for a treat, but Thaddeus... If you want to just kind of dive in a little bit about yourself, how you came into becoming like uh, enthralled with Qigong and hacking and biohacking and now creating like Primal Hacker, which again has a lot of great products and I've got a few of my own and have totally enhanced my life. So if you want to go in, just here's your time, my man, shine. All right. Thanks for the opening, Jeremy. And to everyone out there, we're moving from this water age, the age of Pisces, and we're either into or entering the age of Aquarius, which is an air sign, and it is the age of the great awakening of man. So 
and woman. And yes. that means we're moving into the great awakening. Things are coming at us faster, and we're all upgrading and learning at a way different level than ever before. That's kind of part of my journey is you asked a lot of questions in there. So I've studied martial arts almost my entire life. I think I started when I was seven years old doing martial arts. And you get to a point in martial arts where it's a lot of hard style martial arts. And I was, you know, I'm almost 50. So I'm looking for ways in my late 30s, early 40s to kind of take it down a notch and do some of this more internal soft work. So that's how I discovered Qigong is I was just looking for a different way of doing martial arts, but still moving my body and learning about the energy and the chi in our body, how to move it around. And I came across this concept of Qigong and honestly, I started studying it from a book. So I read books and I started doing it and all the books said, you can't learn this from a book, but there was a book about it. So I, I tried it, I did it for months and months and I, I got to almost a year doing these moves from a book and finally, I was taking my son, my young son to martial arts, and the lady had a little poster on her bulletin board and it said, hey, if you wanna stay after martial arts someday, we'll do Qigong, it's really informal. So I started doing Qigong with a group of people and totally different experience than doing it from a book. Um, <laughs> I had some really unique experiences where like, we would do it in the dark. So after martial arts, everyone would go home, they'd turn the lights out and we would do this Qigong in really low and sometimes just candlelight. And I would have my eyes closed and I could see the sh like everyone's energy field, what they were doing, where they were in the room, and I never had to open my eyes. It's the most bizarre thing that ever happened to me. Yeah. So it made me just want to learn more and go deeper, which I, I kept learning more. Eventually this um, Taoist master from Wudong Mountain came to the US for a week every year to train some people. So I got connected in there and we did a lot of Qigong through that. So tons of fun. Um, and I continue to take that further. I'm still like a beginner in Qigong. It's kind of a lifelong Same. practice, but I love the the energy of it and the it's building longevity and peace and an inner strength that I think a lot of the martial arts lack these days. It's kind of been separated where in the past they were combined. Okay, so then uh, the, the other journey is like, you know, I tell this story a lot, but honestly, I... I worked in pharmaceuticals and I thought I was doing really good for the world working in pharmaceuticals as a chemical engineer. And I got to this point where I was standing at the top of a 10,000 gallon batch of pharmaceuticals and 10,000 gallons, like that's as big as a swimming pool, it's a huge thing. Yikes! Yeah. And, and I was making a kid's product and I was, I was dumping in this fiber pack drum with skull and crossbones on it, cancer warnings across the drum. Yikes. And I'm putting this into a children's product to make them, you know, supposedly make them better. And I just, I couldn't live with doing that anymore. And that was kind of my breaking point where I said, how do I live a more sane reality where the work I do is truly giving back and there's no compromises in what I do. I had my own anxiety, insomnia, and I was trying to solve that. And it wasn't gonna be taking pharmaceuticals. Uh, just the energetics of those are deformed, they're man-made, they're not from nature. So that's what led me down the path of biohacking and ultimately primal hacking where I learned to solve my own anxiety and insomnia through these practices of self-observation and trial. And what I found is the natural earth, nature, universe-based practices worked better and almost always they were free. And those are the ones to tap into and they're the ones that helped me. So I wanted to give back and teach others, which is what I do through Primal Hacker. That is amazing. That just lights me up because like I have been practicing 
quote unquote biohacking for a long time myself. And then like, you know, just even the first time I read Primal Hacker, I was like, well, <laughs> that's kind of like what happened to me over all my years of buying this and that gadget and this and that. And then having like uh, a coalescing of like, all right, this does serve me. This one maybe is like making me scared or something like that. But this one serves me, this one serves me. And then it got me into the Qigong and Tai Chi realms. And then and that's it. Like when we take into consideration, you know, the, the physicality, but then you also take into consideration like the etheric, the, the light, the luminescent body that we have. And then you have probably been in this, I call it states of Tai Chi, where like you, that's kind of like what you were experiencing in the classroom. Like you could see the students, you could see their auras. And I had that kind of happen to me, you know, nice and organically. And I started to see it happen. And I'm like, there's something more to this. And there's something more to all these people who are now doing these sacred movements and tapping into their luminescent body, their, their energy body and breaking beyond the boundaries of the physical. So it's been awesome because I've, I've studied a little bit of like combative martial arts, capoeira, like all this different stuff and now slowing it down. I'm a very energetic person. You've gotten to know that about me. And I've like kind of now harnessed it and put it into my Tai Chi Qigong practice. And now I'm just like seeing others be able to like tap into that same thing. And that's what it's about everyone. Like calming our frequency at the drop of a hat whenever you feel that you need to. And then also being ready for any life situation that comes at you. So this is what like leads me into more that I want to ask you about is like, how, how is primal hacking different than biohacking? Yeah. Well, and I, and I, going back to two things you said, I also love the work that you do. So one of the things I did when I was learning biohacking and solving my own anxiety was this EFT or emotional freedom technique. Right. And it has to do with tapping on different meridians of the body right. and paired with a mantra. And you combine that in your kind of movement that you do and that you're kind of creating that's different than anything else I've ever seen. So I loved when yeah. we did uh, the movement with you <laughs> and the energy because I mean, that's just amazing stuff that we're using these free technologies to tap into. And so like, that's one of the things that you mentioned and that led me to the primal hacking and why it's different than biohacking, which is in biohacking, you get a lot of people that are chasing looking good naked and fixing different problems that they have by purchasing really expensive supplements or gadgets. And I started kind of in the biohacking realm doing the same thing. I bought a bunch of gadgets and I'm like, oh my gosh, this next one is $2,500. How do I afford that? But it's going to do all these amazing things and solve all my problems. <laughs> and this was like 2007 to 2009. I was just getting into it. So I've been doing this a long time. And what I found is if any of those devices did everything they said and solved all these problems, like nobody would need to buy any more devices. <laughs> they would have the thing. There'd be all this like information on how amazing it was and what it does for everybody. And no one would have to make anything else to compete with it or to do something beyond that. But I see this constant chase in biohacking of more supplements, newer supplements, more gadgets. And I took a step back and said, what, like, what are we actually trying to do here? And what we're trying to do, in my opinion, is overcome a modern society that's not built for human health, but it's built to extract energy from us and put it into this unnatural system. And when that happens, we are trying to overcome this unnatural man-made synthetic environment so that we can be healthy in it. And I took a step back and said, well, why don't we take a look at 
how our biology was actually created from source or the creator or whatever you believe, we have biology that works a certain way. And if we look at how our ancestors lived or primal humans, we did things that kept us optimally healthy, not just like average health, which like the average person my age takes, I don't know, 15 different medications. That's not what I want. I want to be optimally healthy. And so the primal hacker aspect is let's take a look at living in a modern society because we're not going to get away from that, but using primal techniques, bringing in a primal environment around us to optimize and upgrade our health in a way that nature intended. That just lights me up. And uh, I hope my listeners can uh, reach their rewind button and listen to that again, because that is the big time truth about our world today is we have been bombarded by electromagnetic frequencies and, and negative lighting that just affects our very essence. So like having that discernment right between biohacking and now what is primal hacking because primal has found its way into my vocabulary of like just teaching people a resting squat like this is a primal move that we should be able to do putting our hands above our head this is a primal move that we should be able to do and now taking it into these like technological realms and what can help my biorhythms what can help you know me against this this like toxic world that's kind of coming at me and stealing my energy when I'm not, I'm not saying you can have any. So it's like, how do we protect ourselves? So I know you're big on light exposure and I wanted to kind of like educate my listeners a little bit more on like EMF exposure, because even since getting the Faraday cage for my phone, I have had deeper dream states, uh, more just energy feeling of flow in my house when I like have it in the bag and then I just leave it open to receive any messages. Like it's just wild, but you do Qigong, you do Tai Chi, you do breath work and you get in, t in, t in tune with your bioenergetic field and then the energies of your home and your city and your town and all that stuff. You can start to, you know, really help your, your immediate space. So yeah, I mean, if you can go in a little bit about like EMF exposure and light and all that, that'd be awesome for our listeners. Yeah. There's a ton to unpack and I'm going right. to offer a couple like really easy things. So we'll start uh, with EMF, electromagnetic fields, because it's kind of a hot topic right now with, you know, the next electromagnetic field we're introducing into the world that's man-made or synthetic is 5G. Although we've kind of been using 5G for a while at the military level, it's kind of being introduced at the kind of civilian consumer level, which means we're going to have more of it immersed all around us. And there's two things, like one, who cares, right? Like these are invisible signals. We can't hear, feel, smell, taste, or touch them. And they're obviously, you know, most people would say not affecting us, but that's 100% wrong. We are electric beings and we are energetic beings. And this invisible energy, I mean, think about uh, infrared light or ultraviolet light. Ultraviolet light can give you a sunburn or it can create vitamin D in your skin, but it's invisible. You can't feel it, see it, taste it, touch it, or smell it, but it has a huge impact on our body. Right. So do all these other frequencies. Just because they're a slightly different frequency doesn't mean that they're harmless. X-rays, we all know. We can't we can't see them, but they definitely affect us and can cause cancer, definitively proven. So how come like these electromagnetic frequencies all around us, some people say they're safe, some people say they're not? Well, it's interesting because there's only one answer to whether or not they're safe. And that answer I'm going to tell you today is that they're definitively proven to be unsafe and proven to cause cancer. And you <laughs> should, I encourage everyone to like literally go out right now, just hit pause, go to your phone or your computer and just go to Google, like 
I, I know there's lots of other search engines. This is the easiest one to find it on. And you just search NTP, stands for National Toxicology Program, NTP Cell Phone Study. There's only been one ever done. It was in the United States. And the United States spent 10 years and millions of dollars studying once and for all whether cell phones cause cancer, whether radio frequency microwaves cause cancer. They hired the best cancer scientists in the entire world and they ran the study. And all you need to do to find it is to Google NTP cell phone study and read it. And it says in the first paragraph, cell phones have definitively been proven to cause cancer. There is no higher level of evidence for anyone to check whether something causes cancer besides that study. And it's already been done and it's public and you can go view it right now. Oh my goodness. So yes, we'll all have to go and look at that study because again, the studies are what help guide us. And then it's up to you to have that discernment, right? And question everything and, and then make that change. And like, what are some really good steps that like some of us can do to help like mitigate some of this like exposure? Cause I feel it when it's in my hand, I feel it when it's out of my Faraday cage now, just cause again, I'm attuning to the, the more subtle energy fields that are myself and my surroundings. So yeah, what are maybe some cool things that maybe someone could dive into that will help them mitigate their EMF exposure? Yeah, that's a, that's a really good point that I feel it. And I think more people feel it than you would imagine. Like think about when you're scrolling through your phone and it's in your hand and your fingers start to tingle. Right. And some people then get it down their hand and then some people all the way into their arm. Right. You're feeling those frequencies. Mm -hmm. um, and that doesn't mean that that's harming you, but it means that it's, it's changing things with inside you. And one thing that we need to remember is we can't just 100% go to fear. That fear response in the right. body creates more negative activity and physiological events in the body than potentially the electromagnetic field. So well first, said. like know that they're affecting you and know there's something you can do about it. And there's two things you can do. Number one is upgrade your own energy and your systems to be more resilient. Like we have that power within us. We are infinitely creative beings and we can upgrade our own energy to be protective. Now that doesn't mean we're going to be able to mitigate a hundred percent unless, you know, let's say we're a monk living in the mountains in a cave and we can meditate all day and totally tune our energy to where it needs to be. It's hard in a distracting world, but we do have ability to do some of that. And number two, we can reduce the amount of electromagnetic fields that we're exposed to. If you're going to put your phone in your pocket, stick it on airplane mode and make sure it's on airplane mode. I have a video that's coming out in a week that shows you like on the Apple phone, or the iPhone, when you put the thing in airplane mode, it doesn't go into airplane mode. So it actually doesn't turn all those antennas off. So you've got to go further into the settings to do that. But just by putting it into airplane mode when it's on your body makes a really big difference in what you're exposed to. So you can easily do that if you're expecting a call or a text, you know, turn your phone on. If you put it in a backpack, a purse, or on the table, that little bit of distance between your body makes a really big impact. So the cell phone frequencies, they work at a logarithmic scale. So that means like for every inch that it's away from your body, the frequency you're exposed to or the intensity drops by a factor of 10. So every one inch is like 10 more factor that it drops in the wow. intensity of exposure. So just that little bit by putting it in a backpack or a purse instead of right in your pocket or in your bra strap for women, sports bras, it makes a difference to get it out of those places and just keep it a little further away. So really simple things. And of course, like 
when you're sleeping, just put it on airplane mode. It'll still work as your alarm uh, to wake you up. And if you want to see texts and phone calls, turn it on when you wake up and look through those. That's amazing. Yes, I love that and how it's just a simple little adjustment, especially when we're sleeping and our light body, our energy body is doing its due diligence and going and getting all this information from the Akashic Records and all the divine ones that are here guiding us. So we don't want to blunt that reception, right? We're like the antenna here that is like searching for the more divine wisdom of the next steps for our greatness. So like mitigation of EMFs is definitely a huge thing that spoke to me many years ago and now like meeting someone like Thaddeus who's delved deep into these things and like done the testing is even providing us with like the the facts on the Google searches of like look it it is not good for you and don't wonder why your thumb hurts or your or your wrist hurts or like your hip hurts like there's again that's what happened to me stories are what make us but my my wrist my right wrist going through weird pains my right hip going through weird pains well, I put my phone in my right pocket all the time and I hold my phone in my right hand all the time. And now after the perfect pyramid retreat, learning all these good things, getting a Faraday cage and investing in my EMF exposure has totally reduced it. <laughs> and my my uh, hip pain has gone away. My uh, wrist pain has subsided. And it's like, you still have to be on your devices. That's how we can now interconnect and it's a divine thing that we're using right now to now connect to you. So it has its purpose, but it also does have these invisible fields that some of us need to bring awareness to so that we can start to be more luminescent and go into this air, right? Quality of the Aquarius age that we are in, in the middle of. And like, here we go. How can we connect with the air? Well, we now know that studies have provided us with like, whoa, there's a lot going on here and it's not amplifying my energy that'd be awesome if emfs were just like making us ra radiate more love and light and energy and more auric field and stuff but it's just simply not the case because now we've had the studies and we have the professionals who are out there making the products making it possible for us to feel our vibratory field on a deeper more spiritual physical emotional mental way so that's amazing Thaddeus. i love that and that's what like primalhacker.com holds a lot of uh, good um, you know, tools and stuff to help you mitigate and, you know, still do your favorite things too. So it's an amazing site. You'll have to check out primalhacker.com. But, um, cause like that's the EMF sides. And then I wanted to talk to you about like the light exposure sides, because I loved it in Florida, every single rising, we're rising, we're awakening in the great awakening. We're watching the sun. We're just staring directly at the sun, not left or right of the sun. I don't know what you do as your practice, but I'm like directly at it. Portals of the divine opening up, giving me divine wisdom. It's an even exchange. So I know that you're into sun gazing too. That's something I do. That might be a little woo woo to my people, but I love it. And I do it often. And if you can kind of go into a, a little bit more on light exposure, that is actually, you know, good for us because EMFs are light in a sense, but that light frequency, go ahead and uh, expand on that. Yeah. So uh, one really good point is that all light is from the electromagnetic spectrum. So light is electromagnetic frequencies and not all electromagnetic frequencies are bad. And so visible light is one of those sets of frequencies or wavelengths of really beneficial electromagnetics. And just like we have this huge spectrum of electromagnetics that come from the universe and from the sun, and some can be damaging and some can be super beneficial, but everything has its price. So that means like you can expose yourself to a tiny bit of x-ray and probably 
be better from it, but too much is a bad thing. <laughs> right, right. So just like just like too much ultraviolet light, like ultimately you're gonna get a sunburn if you have too much. Right. But a little bit or enough is really really good to the point where there have been five studies, so peer-reviewed published studies that you can find on sunlight exposure on all-cause mortality. So basically death from all causes. And they've run the study five times and they look at all death and, and then they look at how often people are out in the sun. And every time they run that study, people that are in the sun more die less often than people that are indoors more. So, and that's from all causes. So just people are overall healthier when they're out in the sun more often. And these wavelengths of light that we're exposed to, they all have like these different benefits. And some people have looked at like, you know, the chakras and their different colors. So they, they do different things in the body or different wavelengths of light, like green light does something to the body that is different than blue light, that's different than red light. So when we're exposed to natural full spectrum sunlight, we get all those colors in the right intensity and percentage that nature intended for us. When we are indoors, we get the incorrect man-made frequencies that were designed for seeing and doing tasks and staying up late to get more work done. <laughs> That's what indoor lighting was designed for. It was not designed for your health. When you are outdoors being exposed to those frequencies, again, I do the same thing as Jeremy, what we talked about, like I sun gaze, but you have to remember, within a half hour of sunrise. That's not a half hour of when you can see the sun in your region. Cause like some people live in a valley and the sun, they can't see it till like two hours after the sun, official sunrise. Right. But if, you, if you're staring at the sun, or I stare at the sun right at sunrise, there's no ultraviolet light in that sun, which means there's nothing to harm my eyes. There's actually benefits both spiritually and physically from that sun. I do not tell anybody to directly stare at the sun. I say gaze 15% off of it because that's quote unquote safer, but I stare directly at the sun. I've been doing it for more than 10 years and I don't wear glasses or contacts. My vision is just fine. Um, I have not been damaged. And in fact, I feel that I've gained a lot of benefit. And that's because the sun has this both visible light that affects our body in really positive ways. It creates vitamin D, it creates nitric oxide, it lowers blood pressure, it rebuilds collagen, it reduces fine lines and wrinkles. That's like some of the different things that the light frequencies from the sun do. And every frequency, even those that we haven't measured yet or can't see, contain information, invisible information that our bodies attune to and recognize what time of year, what time of day, where we are on the planet, and then optimize our physiology and the things inside of us for that time place and time of day. So there's, I mean, we can go on for hours right. about the benefits of different types of light. Um, they are amazing, but we have to remember when we come indoors, there's this man-made light that can negatively affect us because it wasn't designed for your health. So outdoor, attuning to nature, attuning to what the universe designed for us, really, really helpful. Amazing. Amazing. Cause that's it. Like there's just something intuitively in me that started staring at the sun and then doing it at certain times of the day that can help balance like your biorhythms and your circadian rhythm, all these good things help with like hunger even like, as I know a lot of people deal with a lot of different issues, but like just merely looking at the sun for like five seconds when you wake up can help balance your circadian rhythm. And then like now realizing that those 
early morning rays are not very negative for you getting out in the sun and and looking at the sun maybe not directly or to the side or even just being out in those rays and hitting your skin because that was one thing that hopped into my consciousness of like yeah i know i can't really like see the sun exactly but these rays are here lighting up the surroundings so even just being around those rays are healthy for the body and the, the luminescent body that we have so that's just amazing i love how like you know there's other people out there doing this like sun gazing and and um you know protecting their biofield and 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 worrying about like certain things because we want to live optimally we want to be that next level uh vibration so that we can help the global consciousness help the awareness rise on planet earth so that's just amazing i love how that's a part of your practice and i know that probably you do it do a little qigong while you're doing a sunrise like right it's a little different you know so i do like to do it you know at at uh night or in the morning like in the, the the rising of the sun and the setting of the sun like those spectrums are super empowering to me and i think that this is it like when we get someone like thaddeus on the share like listen to the what he's saying and how it, it can actually help you in the in the long run of of life so like because there's a lot of things that you might not think about but these are all free ways for us to optimize our health and live an abundant life so again light exposure such an, a person uh, an, an amazing thing so i love how that's about uh you know something that's about like your plethora of what you bring to people about the global consciousness so something i wanted to ask you is um like we'll kind of just totally transfer and go over to something else but like what uh what is a day in the life of like thaddeus owen like what's like your training and like because i know that you're a personal trainer too and then like what's your what's your training regimen what what gets you uh amped up other than like you know the qigong and all the energy stuff yeah it it stays pretty similar so i have a full-time corporate job where i manage a global team of people so i have to be in front of my computer on camera at a certain time each day so i tend to get up before dawn i always try to sync my cycles like we're talking about to the circadian rhythm of the earth so the human circadian rhythm mimics the light and dark cycles of the earth yes so in the winter i'm going to sleep a little more because it's darker longer and we should be sleeping more recovering and rejuvenating during that winter we need a metabolic winter just like we need a, a winter on the planet to clean things up and let things rest so what I do is I get up before dawn and whatever time of year that is, it can change. And I'm meditating. So I do between a half hour to an hour long meditation, literally every single day. I think I've missed two days in an entire year. And then I did that meditation on a walk instead. But so I'm, I'm getting up and doing a meditation. I wake up in a Faraday cage. So honestly, like I protect myself a lot more from these frequencies than others. So I spent money personally in my bedroom to create a primal sleeping environment. So I have a Faraday cage, which just blocks electromagnetic frequencies from the neighbor's Wi-Fi, from cell phone towers, etc. Nothing like that can get into my bed. I'm doing my meditation in there. I don't look at my phone other than to turn the meditation on. My phone can sometimes function as an alarm clock if I'm not up at the right time, because I do have to be at work at a certain time. Then I'm getting up and I am seeing the sun. So before I go to work, depending on the time of year. If it's still dark, I can't see the sun, so I'll put on some blue light blocking glasses to block the blue frequency of light that tells my body it's noon if I see that light and to increase cortisol, which is a stress hormone. Right. I try to stop that until the sun rises. So I get outside, 
I do a little bit of Qigong. It can be as little as five minutes or as much as 15 minutes. And I, I'm outside seeing the sun, immersing my body as much of it as possible, depending on how warm it is, in the sunlight, grounded barefoot, taking in those earth electrons. Remember, our body functions off energy gained from electrons. Whenever we break down food, fats, protein, and carbohydrates, we break it down to an electron to feed our body. And you can gain those same electrons from the earth and from the sun, as you were saying, like we can get energy from the sun, we can. (laughs) And it's like true, we can prove that. So I'm barefoot, I'm on the ground, I'm getting some sun, I go inside, I drink coffee, but I drink decaf coffee. So I'm making a coffee, it's got like some MCT oil and it's got like a few other things in there. In the morning I follow this like sun-synced nutrition diet. So things that are like reaching up for the sun in the morning are like nuts and fruits. So in my coffee, I'm putting like some hazelnuts, like whole raw hazelnuts. And I'm putting um, a date for the sweetener because those are things that are synced to like morning time. So I put that nutrition in my body. I don't do any protein. I don't do anything else except that cup of coffee. I get out of my laptop. I'm working. If it's dark out, I'm working under red lights because the red doesn't change my circadian rhythm or increase my cortisol. And then at lunch, I'm getting out and I'm taking a hike. So I get out into the state park. I hike with the dog. Um, I hike with my partner, Heidi, and then come back, finish work. And after work, you know, I am either going to the gym. So I try to go to the gym and work out usually three to four days a week. And in the summer, it's in my backyard, outdoors, under the sun, in the ultraviolet rays, getting a tan, getting vitamin D, increasing that nitric oxide. In the winter, when it's 20 below zero here in Wisconsin, where I live, I go to the gym and I do a short workout. It changes all the time. As a personal trainer, I'm always changing things around. Um, Amazing. So I do that for myself. And then I we've got kids. So the kids come home from school. We hang out. We make dinner. And then usually like around the time when they're reading and doing homework, that's when I do my, my work on Primal Hacker is I've done research. I put things together and I'm either filming a video or writing a blog post or, you know, whatever. That's amazing, dude. That, that just lights me up because like some of the things that you do, I do and like a lot of, uh, you know, similarities there. So that's pretty awesome. I love it. Um, something else I wanted to talk to you about too, cause I know that you did a talk on this about like the efficacy of having long hair and like how they're like antennas and like, again, stuff just clicks in my consciousness of like, yeah, that's it's antennas. And I've been in spiritual states where like the last little sign of spirits, like a wave of my own hair, like saying, yeah, you crystal being of light, you know, like in my periphery of like, oh my gosh. But we uh, kind of talked a little bit about the efficacy of having longer hair. And I didn't know if you want to like dive in a little bit more about that. Cause again, all about frequencies and like energy and light and we are energy frequency light beings. And like this hair, I've always kind of, you know, never grown my hair out, have grown my hair out and felt huge shifts. <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's wild. And I, I'm like kind of waiting for that three year mark that you were uh, discussing on in uh, Florida. So yeah, if you want to expand on the long hair, That'd be awesome. Yeah, of course. So I have, I have <laughs> so long cool. hair right now, um, yeah. back in a ponytail. Uh, and so I, we, we had this retreat in the Florida pyramids that, you know, Jeremy came to and he's coming again next year. Cause he just did an amazing job with the energy. Yeah. Um, everyone loved it. It was the best retreat. Like people were quoted as telling us it's the best retreat they have ever been to. It was amazing. And we talked about this concept of how do you get beyond like typical health? And we called it beyond, you know, beyond biohacking, beyond health. What are the next things to look at once you've kind of like gone through the supplements and the workouts and the food and all that? And one of them was growing your hair longer. So 
I had long hair when I was 18 and I cut it and got a corporate job and I am 47 now. And I just started growing my hair out probably in the year 2020. I cut it a little bit in 2021 and it's still growing now. And so I had always heard these things about long hair and you know, my background, I'm half native American. So I like all the people in the native Americans have been portrayed. If you, you know, believe how history portrays things as having really long hair. And there was this story where during the Vietnam war, they were looking for scouts to like go out and be able to find like the right things that the military needed. And they were having trouble finding scouts that were good. And they'd always heard these native American scouts were, you know, supernatural. And so they started recruiting them into the military and they tested them and found like they were actually like supernatural. They could tell when people were coming, even when they were sleeping, they got these intuitions and they knew how to find things and track things down. So they're like, amazing. Let's get them out in the field. They shaved their heads as was, you know, required in the military. Right. And they, they pretty much failed in the field. And so there was these papers written about why that happened. And ultimately what they discovered is when they shaved the hair of the Indian Braves, they lost some of this intuitive and spiritual power, which I was like, whoa, really? Like, is that a real thing? <laughs> and so I, I like dug deeper and I'm like, what else have people said about long hair? And so the, the Indians um, in India, so like the old texts in like the Vedic religions and these really old religions where some people will argue that the world, the modern world religions kind of were birthed from India, which has the, one, some of the oldest religion. And in those religious texts, they talk about the hair being like this antenna for spirit and for source and for you to absorb. Again, remember this information that comes from the sun that we're trying to pick up and decode, just like your cell phone decodes this wireless information and it makes a photo that your friend sent you from the air onto your phone. We can do that inside our bodies. And so what the texts were saying is like this antenna that is your hair, it's living. It's not this dead thing on your head that means nothing. And it takes energy to grow it. And when you cut it off all the time, you got to expend all this energy to regrow it. And it's, it was telling me that you need to grow your hair, which you mentioned for three years before the ends of your hair start to become those antennas. And you start to pick up more of that spiritual source realm. So I was like, Oh my God, I, cut my hair like three months ago when I learned this uh, shorter because I was like, oh, it's getting long. I need to clean it up. I didn't want to cut it super short, but I cut it. And so I was like, I have to go three years. So I'm, I'm like just coming up to a year now of like not even trimming it um, on my head. So I obviously trim my beard a little bit. Uh, people have different ideas about that. But I really think it's like this, you look at spiritual sex all over the world, whether it's Taoists, Buddhists. I mean, the Buddhists kind of like, Depends on the sect. Some shave the whole head and some shave just parts of it. Um, but right. the majority of what you see in these old spiritual practices is really long hair. They probably knew something that we didn't. So I'm super <laughs> fascinated by this concept. And the more I dive into it, like the more there's these things in these old texts that talk about the spiritual nature of hair. Dude, that is so cool. Because like what, what has just happened to me over the time of growing my hair, it's like, you know, you get to those points where like, it's at the like mid length and you're like, oh, I look terrible. Like not only is that a part of the growth, but like where it even touches me on my face and my neck and like tickling me at certain points. And then like, I've even gone to bed, like put my hair up and I'm like, 
I feel like I'm shutting off my antennas. And then I'm like, all right, I'm gonna wait, just wear it out and like have my antennas open and, and ready to receive. And like something that's coming through is like maybe split ends aren't so bad. <laughs> There's like a little opening of like, hey, information come on through. So like, I, I love how this is like, uh, you know, food for thought for people who might be questioning little things about yourself that could maybe help you spiritually and, you know, make you look like a little bit more of that other side of yourself, right? That divine feminine. I'll never forget this. I'm at the uh, wedding with my wife. We're going up, getting a cocktail. They go, how oh, can I help you ladies? And I'm like, oh man, to me and my wife and everybody laughed. And I'm like, dude, divine feminine, drop in further. And this is it. Like something intuitive in me was like dropping your divine feminine. You've never grown your hair out, grow your hair out. And then I met Thaddeus. And then he's talking about like how it's very effective for like spiritual growth. And I'm like, oh, well, I was onto something intuitively, and now I'm like, dude, I'm going full Merlin, like all the way down to the ground <laughs> is my cape, like it's gonna be amazing. So I, I love how that's a that's a part of it, and like I know you're a year into it, and I mean maybe you've had some shifts. Yeah, so I I've been paying more attention because I, I in, intentionally grew it longer with that theory of like. Am I gonna shift spiritually? Am I gonna like obtain anything? So I've been I've been paying attention. And so one thing that I noticed is personally for me, two things. One, I am able to receive more information in meditation than yes. ever before. And one of these like places for me to experiment with that was at our pyramids retreat when it was like this whole retreat focused around like Qigong and meditation essentially right. and, and yoga. So we were right. like doing a lot of meditations and some guided ones by the, uh, by Washela, who's the galactic shaman we have there. Yes. Um, good friend of ours. And man, like I received like this incredible amount of information that never came during other uh, meditations I've done my whole life and in my dream state. So in that dream state, I think that's one of the most ignored states of humans where we're told like, oh, it's just dreams, forget about it, it means nothing. Well, maybe it means more than waking life. If they're telling you it means nothing, do the opposite. <laughs> so I've been diving a little bit more into dreams because with the longer hair, I've been noticing that my dreams are more vivid and there's like, there's some stuff going on there that's different than ever before. So I started to keep a dream journal to write it down because I wanted to remember more of this information that's being passed to me in those dreams. So again, I'm not at the three year mark, and like the split end thing they talk about in the spiritual literature of like the split ends of hair are those antennas. And like right now they're like, oh, you can't have a split end. That's right. awful. And you need to cut it. You, you want those. So, right. That's uh, what, oh, I love that. Yeah. Dude. That is amazing. Um, because that's it. Like I love the dreams too. The dream realm has been really opened up. And like it was weird after I got home from Florida, I had a dream with you and Heidi and I don't know if you've ever done this, but we took a mushroom, like just like a microdose. We weren't like having a three to five grams, like hero's journey or anything. But in this quantum dream space, we took a mushroom. Okay. And we were in my old house in Ohio and like where I used to live. And I remember during our first initiation, like we took the mushrooms and we're starting to just be and let everything happen. There was people trying to get into the house. And then like, we were like protecting our space and our, our, our experience we were about to drop into. And then as the mushrooms started to take on their effect, I had a huge emotional, like I just was crying as hard as I could never have ever cried before in my dream. And I remember Heidi 
you and my wife coming up to me and just like rubbing my shoulder and like my back and saying like everything's gonna be okay and then after that we just warped to a sacred train station and then on that train station I remember seeing my mom and just like a lot of mystical stuff from there but like the dream places are very intense and like can kind of like really code messages to you and I'm like well why did I take a mushroom with you know the Heidi and Thaddeus and like but I just did take a mushroom with Heidi and Thaddeus we just did our Florida retreat and had an experiential thing and like now it maybe came through with some hidden messages about like my past addiction and stuff like that I don't know but it was an imagination land that we got to experience and I got to experience where I'm like sitting here thinking like probably has something to do with our long hair or the practices that we did there and the Qigong and all this great stuff that we can engage and drop into to help us get these codes from the galactic uh, fathers and mothers that are out there literally seeking us out for this information to come through in the most purest form in the for the most purest way so when you like get into like talking about antennas on our head and you know like there we go like that's a conversation that i want to have and now i'm like dude i'm like just brushing my hair anymore i'm like yeah get longer what a weird look maybe i'm messing with some quantum stuff right now by just even having long hair <laughs> i never even had long hair. i've had dreams with short hair but like now i'm having dreams with long hair it's like you are a quantum creator you are experiencing multiple dimensions at this eternal now moment so like you can start to manipulate your field, your frequency, your body, and utilize everything around you. Because this is it. Like, I hope all you people are listening in because anything from EMF to light exposure to growing your hair out can really amplify your being. And then you get into the realms of Qigong and, you know, weight training and, and you know, and then infusing both of them, like light exposure and weight training. Watch how now you can amplify yourself and take yourself to the next level. Because this is what it's about. I don't want to be just good. I want to be superhuman. I want to go on to those next levels. And I'm always looking for something that's going to take me higher. And Again, this guy is just filled with so much information and so many tools that you can find on primalhacker.com and their website is is going to be amplified here. I found out through the grapevine through of Heidi that you guys are going to start amplifying there and having more content and more wisdom that people can just click on and download into their very vessel. So this is it. This is amazing. So we're kind of coming up to uh, the end of our time here and I wanted to um, I wanted to ask you one more question on EMFs too because I've been getting into the crystals like all the sacred elements in the mineral kingdom of the crystals and if you have heard of like you know shungite helping people with EMF exposure because I've had some some good experience with shungite and just like totally ridding myself of EMFs and feeling the shungite really vibrate my hands and weird sensations through my body. So I didn't know if you uh, you know anything about like crystals and mitigation of EMF exposure too. I wanted to make sure I brought that into the conversation. Yeah, so this is an area where I think it's one of the main number one questions that I get because I go around the country and I give presentations on EMF and 5G and to really large audiences. And so everyone's got questions like, is 5G gonna kill me? Um, you know, this and that. And then it's always, it always comes down to somebody showing me like I'm wearing this pendant, you know, right, I've got this right. sticker on my phone. Is that helping me? And um, I was just going to show you, I do have some shungite. Yeah, I got some I'm here. wearing here. Exactly. <laughs> so, you know, if I've got shungite sitting here, um, obviously I believe that it does, it does something, right? And right. so crystals, I mean, what are crystals, right? They're like, they were here before, the life on this planet, but crystals, like everything on the planet has a consciousness and is just like slowed down consciousness and crystals are really frozen light. And they, they, what they do is they take in 
and then amplify light codes, invisible light codes, typically. So if you think about like a radio, like a transistor radio, I'm an older person than you are, but back in the day we could make these, we could buy a kit, a radio kit. It's called a crystal radio kit. And you get a quartz crystal and you make this little radio, you know, from a kit and it, it takes in these invisible signals from the air to the quartz crystal called a radio wave and then turns it into music or talking or whatever. It's amplifying that invisible wave and pushing it back to you in a way that we can make sense of it. The other crystals do the same thing. It's just, we haven't taken the time to learn what they all do. So Shungite takes in some of this frequency and re-amplifies a beneficial frequency to the human body to counteract some of the electromagnetic frequencies that we're surrounded by that could be harming us. There's other crystals that probably do similar things. I've heard um, that there's like the purple crystal amethyst, that's the name I was Mm -hmm. trying to think of, is really, really good for opening the pineal gland based on its vibrations, the frozen light that created it. You put that on your pineal and you do a meditation and it's supposed to help decalcify and open the pineal. So crystals, yes, like these are an area that some people have gone super deep I'm like at the very, very surface level for them. I understand from like a scientific practice, they're frozen light. They've been around a really long time and they are able to absorb and amplify different frequencies that could be harmful or beneficial depending on what you're looking for. Right. So absolutely like these crystals, the shungite, like I have shungite around me all the time. I carry it with me when I travel because I do think that there's some benefit to having those crystals. I don't think it solves 100% of the problem, um, but I do think that it's worthwhile. Cool, cool. So like a good step in the right direction for a lot of my listeners is like, grab a piece of shungite, carry that around in your pocket instead of your cell phone, <laughs> you know? And like, exactly. and, and that's it. Like I've started to do those things and like, my wife works at a lab and so like she's bombarded by ems all the time and then boom shungite left pocket found out from some geologists like put it in your left pocket i don't know something about the way the magnetics run through your body or something but she's been doing it and having better sleep better awake energy and like again we are all human beings who are creating and if you have to go to a lab to create or go to a cubicle or go to your computer like having those um, you know, energy lines set up. Like I, I wish I could show you my setup right now. I got crystals all over tachyons, like pointing right at you and like the, the shungite and everything kind of close to me to protect my field. And it's just, that's it. We're setting up frequency containers and either we amplify or we destroy. So this is it. Like you are either creating or destroying in this life. And if you can like incorporate crystals, protect your field, you're going to create more of yourself. So this conversation has just been lit, Thaddeus. I love you so much. And I'm so grateful for your wisdom to be now embedded into the very beings that, of the listeners. Because that's it. Like even just that little thing of like you said amethyst. Like because uh, I've been doing a lot of clear quartz and strapping that to my third eye. I, I'm going to take my amethyst now and try that for a meditation just to like you know see what happens and be that experimenter because i think that's what led to you becoming the primal hacker is like you did biohacking and then you saw the efficacy and now you're the primal hacker who's like dude you combine this you combine the qigong you got your food you got your sun exposure watch how now you have better energy and this is our our currency that we bring to the world is our frequency and this is it. We're here to amplify our frequency, change the global consciousness, and step into the great unknown. And know that we're safe here on Earth and on our path. 
So this is just amazing, Thaddeus. I love it. So one last question. Uh, I guess maybe a couple more. I don't know. But if you got time for a one more, um, uh, a rising or a nighttime ritual that you have like go to. Uh, maybe other other than maybe um, you know your coffee or sun gazing and stuff like that. What's maybe one like one little one like hey I brush my teeth with whatever I don't know. <laughs> but uh, here we go. Like give us a little. Give my listeners one of your rising or nighttime routine rituals. That's actually a really good one. I just put a video out a week ago on toothpaste. <laughs> so, <laughs> you're like vibing on that frequency. Like, <laughs> I love you, brother. <laughs> so, I, you know, I go to the dentist every six months, like like they tell you you're supposed to, right? right? And so, I have teeth that get stained really easily, and I don't. I worked for Procter and Gamble. I worked for the like people that make Crest, and I do not want anything to do with those toothpaste. So, <laughs> me neither. I. I had to like, I tried everything, natural toothpaste, this, and, and I found that I don't want glycerin in my toothpaste because it stops my teeth from remineralizing. Your teeth are alive. Like people think they're these dead rocks in your mouth, but they are alive and there's blood flow inside of them to heal and keep them whiter and all of this. You can heal cavities. You can do all these things. So uh, number one tip is like, look up Nadine Artemis and she has a book called Successful Self Dentistry for dentistry at home, but you can find it on Amazon and it teaches you like, it's like the manual for your teeth that no one ever showed you. And it's all backed up by science. And she teaches you the exact proper care for your teeth that no one has ever showed you. And so one of those things is about toothpaste. And because I couldn't find toothpaste, I made my own. So <laughs> I made my own toothpaste. Um, and I did like two different types of healing clays and some healing myrrh for the gums and then baking soda for polishing the teeth and a little sea salt and and like some mint flavor like i just made it myself and i'm like i'm just going to use my own and as i go to the dentist after i started using this they're like what are you using for toothpaste and i told them they're like keep doing that it's, it's <laughs> working really well like whatever you're doing is awesome so i was like hey it's dent dentist approved and everything so. awesome awesome so like kind of like almost like a, like an ayurvedic toothpaste or something like that like something you've combined a lot of the really good ingredients and made your own paste I, I would trust something i've made in my home right more than i would buy from a tube but that's like what i use i use like this stuff called aeromir and it's like 23 different ayurvedic herbs and it's a nice uh, calming kind of feeling and you only have to use a little bit but I've, I've uh, experimented with like the charcoal powders and the clay powders and stuff like that too. Like so amazing. So that like my, some of my listeners can start to think about like, well, what is my toothpaste? There's a guy who like literally made his own and has had good return by even going to the dentist and then being like, well, whatever you're doing, keep doing it. Like that's the yep. kind of same conversations I have with my dentist too, is they're like, well, what do you use? And I'm like, I got this Ayurvedic toothpaste and I oil pull and I do this and that. And it's just see how these things like, you know, your diet is going to have a lot to do with your teeth health, but you know, the bad toothpaste and stuff are out there and there's also good toothpaste. And then you can just find your ingredients that shake and awake you and then make your own. <laughs> so maybe that's my next step too. You've motivated me, Thaddeus. Maybe I'll start making my own. I make my own body lotions and stuff like that, but I don't make my own deodorant and toothpaste. So maybe that'll be something I dive into in the the strongs to come. <laughs> nice. But yeah. Dude, I do make awesome. my own deodorant too. So. Oh, see, you'll have to like trade me recipes here. <laughs> That's right. I was just looking to see if I had a bottle of it sitting here, but yeah, I, same thing. Like I, I, I'm a chemical engineer, so I worked in beauty care and pharmaceuticals. So I like, I can figure out how to make things pretty easily and they're awesome. usually not too hard. That's awesome, dude. This is awesome. I love you. I love you, brother. This has been such a lit conversation. Um, 
I, I, I just want to give you the opportunity for like any last words for my listeners. So don't be overwhelmed by like the light and the electromagnetic frequencies. Like there's invisible stuff around us always, but humans are super creative beings full of light. And we have the ability to overcome anything that's put into our environment. So take that, overcome that in your own spirit and your own body. You can use meditation. You can use moving meditation like Qigong, but never be afraid. Like that is the name of the game is to stay out of fear. And as you know, the Saint Germain always has said, like our whole spiritual time here on earth is set up for success, joy, and abundance. And you stay in there. And that is really the nature of what we're doing here. Oh, I love that, brother. I love that. Just shakes me up, wakes me up, makes me feel that like there is a lot of purpose left for myself, yourself, and humanity as a whole. It's amazing. So there's there's just so much going on, and I love it all. This conversation has been lit. I love you so much, and I'm so thankful for you coming on and sharing all of your beautiful wisdom. So again, I what I want to end with is a light language transmission for you in prosperity, joy, abundance, and all that just in your life and your endeavors and for Primal Hacker and all that you have in this third dimension. And we'll take it to the other dimensions, and I'll uh, incorporate some light language and bring prosperity, joy, abundance, everything for you. Tihae do eso, kolokoa sata kwanda kideoando wosukulukueto sopoa. Sirapa sirata duoto, randa kideosi karusi atakala. Suyaku sudopo swakapapa, rumba sita rumba kakagi risada hula puwa sietoso. Thank you, brother. brother. Love you so much. I love you too. I love how I can go to those places and I can just feel it. I can see it. You are guys are destined for greatness. I love you guys so much. I love all my listeners so much. Thank you for tuning in. I am excited for this one to come out. You'll be out in a couple strongs. And again, I will have to do this again, dude. This has just been an amazing lit conversation. I still have more. I would wish I had more time and the, the space to uh, reveal on, but this has just been awesome, Thaddeus. I appreciate you so much, and thank you for, again, coming on and giving us this divine wisdom. So until Absolutely. next time, so until next time, my lovelies, I love you so much, and namaste. Recording